Thank you. Please remain standing for the reading of the scripture, which is found on page 1623 in the Pew Bibles. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Hear the word of God. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So today, we're starting a a new sermon series. I'm not sure how long it'll go. Um, Four or five, maybe six, maybe more weeks. I'm not sure yet. But the goal of this sermon series is to help us get closer to God. It's time, it's been time for a long time, but this year I would like to do all we can to just put religion out of our lives. Now you might say, what do you mean? Because we're in church. Well, when I say religion, I don't mean the belief or faith, as we have often confused the two words. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. Plain and simple, man's attempt to reach God is religion. When we attempt to reach God instead of let God reaching out to us, we are practicing religion. And it's time to get rid of religion. It's time to know who God is and let God come to us, find us, embrace us, and teach us and guide us. And we can't do that with religion. And there's so much religion in this world, we just don't need it. Jesus dealt with it in his days. The Pharisees, very religious people, everything they did was their attempt to be closer to God. And they set up laws on top of the laws that God had given, and they missed the Messiah when he was in their presence. And if we continue in religion, we may miss when God is reaching out to us. So it's time to just cast off religion altogether and let God find us. So that's why I chose this parable today, the parable of the lost sheep. And Jesus, if you look very closely at how he says it, he says, which among you, if he loses, has a hundred sheep and loses one, would not go after him? So it's not like the shepherd's doing some unusual thing. He's not saying that. He's saying, when a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, or two or three, however it may be, he'll go after them. He doesn't say, oh, well, at least I got 99 others. 
He goes after them. So it's something that they could understand. A shepherd goes after a lost sheep. And when he brings them back, he puts them on his shoulders, carries them back, and rejoices over the fact that he found his lost sheep. Did you know that in the Bible, the word sheep is used roughly around 220 times, possibly more? I may have missed some. 220. Now, two years ago, there was a very common theme going through the world around the time of the vaccine coming out. And people were saying, if you get that vaccine, you're a sheep. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not here to take sides on that. We, we got rid of that, that time in our lives. But what they're trying to say was you're brainless. You follow blindly. And they're making sheep out to be a bad thing. But God sees a sheep as a wonderful thing. You know why? You know what a sheep does? A sheep doesn't have a lot of intelligence. Now, wait a minute. God calls us sheep. Are you saying we don't have intelligence? Well, when we compare ourselves to God, yeah. There's not a single one of us that has any intelligence like God has. So I'm okay being called a sheep unintelligent when it comes to compared to God. Sure, we have a lot of intelligence. We, there's no denying that. But when we take it to God's level, we're like sheep. We're like sheep. So another thing about sheep is people often say, well, they, they're constantly got their head down. You know, like they're hiding. You know why a sheep puts its head down? Because it can see a lot better when its head's down. It can see further. It can see the predators coming easier than when it has its head raised. So it's safer for the sheep to keep its head down. There's a few other things about sheep that we can use to compare to us. They, unlike a goat or an ox or a horse, those animals will all do whatever they want. They'll go wherever they want to go. They may listen to someone. They will follow, especially if you put a bridle in a horse's mouth. It'll follow you. But a sheep will only go where the shepherd points it, directs it, guides it. It doesn't go off on its own unless the, shepherd's, unless the shepherd is not very near it or it has wandered off from the shepherd. Then it may wander off by itself, and that's why the shepherd had to go find it. But when the shepherd is guiding and directing and, and the sheep are hearing the shepherd's voice, they will follow obediently. They're the most obedient animals that God created. Cows are pretty stubborn. You can tell them to move, and they'll just look at you and moo, and, and if you push them, they may go. You ever try to get a cat to obey you? Oh, my goodness. They got a mind of their own, for sure. But anyway, a sheep, when it hears the shepherd's voice, it will follow if it's close enough. If it has wandered off, you know, We'll get to why it wanders off here in a minute. But if it wanders off and it can't hear the shepherd's voice, then that's a different story. But when it is near, it will always obey the shepherd's voice. They're the most obedient animals. They are the most emotional animals, too, other than humans. Humans are more emotional than sheep, but they are an emotional wreck at times. So that's very much like human beings. But why do sheep, why would they leave? 
Why would a sheep ever leave the fold and go somewhere else? There's two reasons. Science has proven there's two reasons. One, they're looking for food. You know, they ate all the grass in this area. Okay, let's go here. But if they hear the shepherd's voice to say, come back, they will. But if the shepherd doesn't see them wander off, they can wander away and get lost looking for food. We are looking for food, spiritual food that comes from God the Father, that he gives to us. And second reason, I love this one. There's a bug in Israel. I can't remember the name of this bug, but it's like a fly. It's like a gnat of some type that it will land in the sh- on the sheep's head and it will lay eggs and nest and it will just drive the sheep crazy when it gets into its head. Jesus referred to Satan as Beelzebub. You know what that means? Lord of the flies. Demons are often referred to as bugs or flies or gnats. So when they get into our head, we let Satan get into our head and the demons get into our head, it can drive us crazy. And the sheep will run away to try to get away from those bugs because they don't realize they're on their head, that they're in their head. And they will wander away hoping to get away from that and they just keep wandering and wandering and wandering until they're lost and they're carrying the thing with them the whole time. So they just keep wandering, thinking, well, I wandered over here, it's still here. I wandered over here, it's still here. So they keep going, trying to get away from those bugs. Does that sound like us? We wander, we think, okay, something's not right, I'm going to go over here. Something's still not right, I'm going to go over here. Wait, still not right, let me try over here. Still not right. And we just wander and wander and wander. But God can keep the bugs out. You know how a shepherd keeps the bugs out? off of a sheep's head, he pours oil on the sheep's head. In the Bible, God talks about anointing people. How did he anoint people? With oil. Pour oil on their heads. God, with his Holy Spirit, comes into our minds and keeps the enemy out, keeps the bugs out. So when we allow God to come in and keep the enemy out, it's like he's pouring oil over our head anointing us so that we're not driven crazy by these bugs. So it's not just a coincidence. It's not ironic that Jesus often referred to us as sheep. John chapter 10, that my sheep hear my voice and obey. The unique thing about a shepherd or a sheep is that if you take 50 sheep from shepherd A and 50 sheep from shepherd B, and you bring them together and you switch to shepherds, and shepherd B starts talking, or shepherd A starts talking over here with shepherd B's sheep, these sheep are going to come over because they hear his voice. They're going to come to him. Same thing, if the shepherd, other shepherds over here, his sheep are going to come to him. They're going to go back to their own shepherd. It's a unique thing about sheep is that they recognize, even though they're unintelligent, they recognize a voice and they follow only one voice. Now, it takes a little time for them to learn that, obviously, but as they learn it, as they grow, they follow only their shepherd's voice. In the spring, Ian and I are going to be doing a conference here at this church, and one of the things we're going to be talking about 
is hearing God's voice. Because when you hear God's voice and you know God's voice, you know which voice to follow. And you can drown out all the other voices. If you get good enough at it, you can drown out those other voices. You know what to look for. You know what they sound like. And you only listen to God's voice. And then you stop wandering away from the shepherd. So look forward to that in the spring if you want to come. I'll have more information on it later. So I want to tell you a little story. Um, 13, 14 years ago, maybe 15, I can't remember, my, my oldest daughter was in 7th or 8th grade at the time, and she's now 27. So anyway, she was a pitcher, softball pitcher, and I took her to a field to practice pitching one day, and when we got there, we noticed there was a tiny little kitten. Somebody obviously had dropped it off. I mean, this thing was little, and we couldn't just leave it there. It had no food. It was skinny and scrawny, and it was filthy. So we took it home. That cat's still alive today, a lot fatter than it used to be. <laughs> but anyway, that cat was filthy, and I wanted to give it a bath. But we didn't. The next morning, that cat was clean. It cleaned itself. It cleaned itself. That's what cats do. They clean themselves. They have the ability. I don't know how this cat reached the parts that it reached to get itself clean, but it did. I guess he licked his paw and then he went like this or something because it was all dirty in the back of, there's no way he could reach around and lick it. So anyway, he cleaned himself. Sheep can't do that. You know, sheep might roll around in mud or something. They cannot clean themselves. And this mud will dry on, and it'll kind of get caked on them, and it'll become heavy for them. And as their wool is growing and becoming heavier, they, what can happen to a sheep is a term that's called cast off. You ever heard of that term before, cast off? The sheep will actually flip over from its own weight, lying on its back, flailing its legs and all over the place, and cannot flip back over. Imagine a sheep lying on its back, just kicking its legs because it can't flip back over. It gets so top-heavy from the mud, because it can't clean itself, from the wool that's growing. So the shepherd has only one thing they can do. They can go over and pick it back up and set it on its feet, but typically what they do is they will shear the sheep. They will cut off all that extra wool that they don't need, and then they can flip the sheep back up. Now, the sheep doesn't like that. You, th- you might think, well, sheep don't mind being sheared. They hate it. But the shepherd will come and take all that wool off and then set it back on its feet, and it feels a lot freer. We find ourselves getting into things that we shouldn't get into. And we've all done it. We all do it. What does God do? He comes, he picks us back up, sets us back on our feet, takes off all that stuff that we don't need, and we walk around with a little more freedom. And is is that it? Is it over at that time? When when God sits you on your feet, you're done? No, we go back and we get into the mud again, and we we grow things on us that we don't need, and, and we have to come to the shepherd again to be set back on our feet so we're not cast off. So you start to see from all these stories how we are very much like sheep. Now there's something that, one final story I want to tell you, then I'll I'll wrap this up. There was a a woman 
who went to, I think it was Switzerland, is what, somewhere over in Europe, and there was a shepherd sitting in a field with a sheep lying beside it. And she asked the shepherd, why is this sheep just lying here? The shepherd said, I had to break its leg. She said, well, that's cruel. Why'd you break its leg? And he said, no, it's not cruel. I did it because I love this sheep. He broke his leg because that sheep was the one who was wandering off more than any other. He had to go find it more than any other. And when he finally, when he had enough, he broke its leg so it couldn't wander anymore. Now, unlike a horse, a sheep's leg will heal. And they will get back on their feet and they'll be fine. But that sheep couldn't wander for a while. And that sheep was starting to take other sheep with him and wander off together. He was leading people away. But when that sheep's leg was healed, the shepherd was saying, when that sheep's leg is healed, he not only will be loyal, he will be more loyal than all these other sheep. Because he doesn't want his leg broken again. And he understands that I cared for him. That's why I'm sitting here. I'm feeding him. I'm caring for him. I'm keeping him warm because he can't move. The shepherd sacrificed his own life for however long it took for that sheep to come back on his feet. And that sheep was the most loyal of all sheep. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because sometimes it's good for us. Now, does that mean that God, every time something bad happens, that God made it happen? No. But God can prevent any bad thing from ever happening to us. He can prevent it. But sometimes he allows it. Not because he hates us, not because he's mad at us, not because of what we've done, but because he loves us. He loves us enough to know that if I let this bad thing happen, they're not only going to come back to me, they're going to see that I care for them, and they're going to be loyal to me, and they're going to follow me. So when you're going through a trial, as James tells us in James chapter 1, be thankful when trials come upon you. What? Wait, did I hear that right? Be thankful when trials come upon you? Yes. You know why? Because they build your perseverance, and perseverance builds your faith, and faith leads you closer to God. So when bad things happen, don't say, God, why are you doing this to me? You say, God, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Because he's allowing it to happen for your own good. One of the things that religion teaches us, and I hate this, religion says that if you do good, God will do good for you. I will give $1,000 to any person who can tell, show me right now. Don't worry, Tanya. I'll give $1,000 to any person who will show me in the Bible where it says God helps those who help themselves. Anybody want to come forward and show me in the Bible where it says God helps those who help themselves? $1,000. I'm serious. I'll give it to you. You know why I say that? Because you can't do it. It is not in the Bible. In fact, that is so anti-God, it's crazy. Benjamin Franklin, I believe, was the one who said it, and I don't mean to throw it all on him, and I'm sure he had good intentions, but it's bad. God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps everyone, even those who don't help themselves, because God loves us. 
more than we realize. He doesn't wait for you to do something for yourself, and then he steps in and says, oh, you good and faithful servant, I'm going to help you now. No, no. He says, I'm helping you because you're helpless, because you're a sheep, because you are unintelligent compared to him, because you need a shepherd, because you need me. We can't do anything for ourselves. And when we realize that, we start to cast off religion. We start to realize God is not religion. He's beyond religion. We start to realize he cares for me. He cares for me. Now, there's, a whole, there's this whole thing where faith without deeds is dead, and that's important. That doesn't come into play here, though. And we'll talk about that another time. What I'm saying is, allow God to do for you because you can't do it yourself. I can't do it myself. I need him as much as all of us need him. We all need him. We need him to be our shepherd because we will go astray. Isaiah 53, 6, and we like sheep have all gone astray, seeking out our own desires, and he laid upon him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the gate. I opened the gate and my sheep come in. They can't come in any other way but through the gate. Anybody else who comes in over the fence, over the wall, they're thieves. Only through Jesus, the shepherd. God doesn't help those who help themselves. He helps everyone. Because when we say God helps those who help themselves, we get into this work-based mentality that I got to change I got to change. I got to change this about my life. I got to change that about my No, you don't. God will change that about your life. You're a willing participant, but he is the one who changes. He is the good shepherd. You are not changing things on your own because you can't. Let God change you and actively participate in that process. As painful as it may be, as much as you don't want to give up whatever, allow God to work with you. And here's the thing about giving things up. We don't like to give things up easily. Some things, God doesn't even want us to give them up. So talk to him about what do I really need to give up, God? The world tells us we need to give things up, but God may not be saying that. And the thing is, do it in his time. If you hear someone say, this is bad, and like, oh, I do that daily. I need to change. No. If you're doing that, let God change you, and it doesn't have to be in one day. If it is, great. But however long it takes, let God lead you in that change in your life, because he is your shepherd. He knows best. He's smarter than you. He knows where the good food is. He knows how to put oil on your head. He knows how to pick you up when you've been cast off. He knows how to shear you when you get too heavy laden. He is the good shepherd. Trust in him in all you do, and don't try to do things on your own. I guarantee you that if that doesn't get you closer to God, then something else will. And we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. So here's what I would like you to take away from today. He finds us when we are lost. We don't have to look for him. 
He will guide us and direct us everywhere we go. We don't need to do it on our own. He will pick us up when we are down. We don't need to pick ourselves back up. He loves us even when we go wrong. Did you notice the pattern there? It puts all the emphasis on God. Every single bit of it was on God because he can carry it. We can't. I know we want to, especially the men. We, we're men. We're strong. we got to do this. No. Let go of that. Let God lead and guide you in everything you do. You can't go wrong. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for being our shepherd, for being our guide, for being our caretaker, our intelligence, for being everything that we can't be on our own. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for rejoicing over us. And Father, in the weeks to come, we pray that you continue to teach us and and help us to grow closer to you so that we can start a new life, no matter how close we are now or how far away we are now. Bring us all even closer than we are today. We ask this of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.